1: You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show.
2: Man, you look different without a beard.
1: Yeah. You, you look so different without your beard. I uh this is my this is my rut stash for the boys. Because it's <laughs> it's not my rut stash for me. <laughs> it's for everybody else. <laughs> all right speaking of deer what's it what's that what what is a deer i seem to have forgotten um oh because you what, <laughs> haven't seen one in a while what those are you said you've seen a couple i've seen some one deer i ain't seen no deer yeah i've seen a few i deer. haven't
3: seen any deer because i haven't gone
1: yeah yeah you ain't you ain't been a lot but you're getting ready to go to, yeah. a, to a place where milk prepping. and honey flows. That's
3: what, we're, where are you what going? we're hoping
1: for. Albuquerque. Kentucky. <laughs> that was Kentucky. Albuquerque.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't go to Albuquerque. I've,
1: I guess unless no. you're
2: doing Elk I've
1: yeah. been, uh <laughs> I've been on a weird Al Yankovic kick here lately. I was watching that movie. He's got the song called Albuquerque. Um, oh, a weird owl. Any weird owl fans weird out owl. there? Yeah. So, um Yeah, it's been a rough it's been a rough November for me. Uh I know you guys have had a little more Matt you you really hadn't been all that eventful necessarily except for just making the conscious decision not to go hunting.
3: Uh Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's it's not of I really haven't been able to go hunting. I'm just, I'm not going hunting. Um, but it's, it's mainly because like we said, this trip coming up and then I've kind of got some hunts planned in the next couple weeks in areas that I don't want to go into. Um, and so I'm just kind of letting them rest and uh, going in at the right time. And it's, it's been hot. yeah. Um, and it just, yeah. my, my time I've kind of tried to, figure out what's more important, you know, go push a hunt in the heat where I probably won't see a deer or kind of stay home and get things done at the house. So I've been staying home and getting things done at the house so that this long weekend at Kentucky is just, you know, stress-free. All I'm going to do is hunt and focus on hunting.
1: Those are fun. Those are fun. The fun trips that you get to go on. Everybody, everybody thinks like the guy who, Uh, gets to hunt every day of the week, you know, or whatever, um, kind of has a, an easier work schedule or something like that. Guys like myself, you know, that's awesome that you can get, just kind of choose any random day and go hunt. But, um, you're not thinking about hunting the whole time. You're still thinking about all the stuff that you got to get done. You still think about all the things you got to do. It's not valuable time hunting. It's just, I'm just going to, I'm going hunting. That's pretty much it. You're just
3: logging hours. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Um, which is kind of weird. I I should be in the hunting for fun phase right now. And I'm not, uh, I'm in the, I'm logging hours. That's all I'm doing. And not a whole lot of them just because I can't really sit in the woods for a very long time right now without getting incredibly uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. Uh, You're, you're kind of in limp mode right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm getting by, and that's about it. uh I've seen some deer, which is good. Gun season opened up here, so I've been able to take the rifle and basically just walk around the woods with a rifle and I've seen uh I think three deer, a small buck yesterday, and two does today, but man, it's just not been it's not been optimal weather, and it really sucks when everywhere else in the country is like. In the peak rut, you know, like mm. everybody's excited, everybody's all fired up and bucks are running around like crazy and people are shooting their target bucks and all this stuff and you're like, not here, it's just not not what's going on here, but it is going on in eastern Texas and that's why we invited my dad to come on the show today and talk about his uh, opening day of rifle season there in east texas um we've talked about this property in particular a lot matt i think it kind of can hit home with you too because you hunt a lot of smaller private properties as well and it's hard when everything that you consume it about all the content and the podcasts and the videos you're everything's talking about going deep into the public land and getting aggressive and Finding all this sign and going and hunting anytime you get the chance to go and all that stuff. It's really hard when the only place that you got to hunt is a tiny private piece that you make one wrong move out there and it could affect the whole season. So we've talked about this a lot, Dad, me and you, of what's the best way to hunt this property. So tell us kind of like when you first bought it, uh, what you experienced out there on that property from the time you bought it to uh, how it's progressed to now.
2: Well, it's it's it, that piece of property has been a blessing. Number one, we named it the Promised Land, just uh, going from a biblical thought. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a you know, it's just kind of amazing to sit out on on a piece of property that has your name on it. Yeah, ah, cool. that is. There's <laughs> nothing like that. I'm telling you, when you go out and you look at the trees, you go, "Those are my trees. This is my land." Now, what? According, to the, I disagree with what the state says on this, but they say it's their deer, and I don't agree; it's my deer. Uh, <laughs>
1: yep. as long as are as long not, as you're feeding them
2: and they're on that side of the fence, they're my deer. But um, the state says they belong to them. But you know, just to go out there, it's 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 a lifelong dream that to have my own piece of earth and uh uh got a good deal on it and i've hunted it spent a lot of time out there and in years past i think when i first got it i was hunting it all wrong because i just went out anytime i had a chance and would sit there and the and parker you'll remember the first few times i was like man look at all the deer this is going to be incredible i've got this piece of land and all these deer on this land and it's 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 just going to be great those deer they (laughs) They patterned me. I mean, they worked me good. <laughs> they they patterned me. I mean, they knew when my truck was parked out there. They knew what I was doing. They knew which trails to take. I went out w- way too much, but I hunted it, it as my land. I hunted it. Had those first few years, I had cameras up. I saw some nice looking bucks on the cameras, but I never saw them in daylight ever. And so, uh, those, those first few years were, were pretty tough as far as trying to, to get a deer. And, um, I had three feeders up and I had some, I tried to do all kinds of different ways of doing feeders because I also have, uh, a lot of hogs on the land and hogs tear everything up, everything up. Um, my feeders, they would knock them down. They would, they would, chew up all the timing the the apparatuses everything they just tear it up and so and so i had to figure out ways that i could i could keep my feeders up am i answering the question right am i going in the right direction yeah. here
1: <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> it, was it was just great it was constantly having to figure out you know the boundaries of the of the land because everybody says that hunting in
2: texas is easy because you get to debate there's just no truth to that they're they're just really it's 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 not it's not the truth um it's hard i mean my land you have to i can't pull uh, 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 my truck out there on the land because it's always wet it's a it's a uh a river bottom and so it's all, it's wet and I can't pull my truck down there. So anything I do, I got to do from a road and I've got to carry, uh, if I carry bags of corn, I've got to carry them a hundred yards to get in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so you take five bags of corn, five trips, I'm telling you, it gets tough. Um, and so, and so having your own land, you think it would be, easy. <laughs> it's not, I built a couple of blinds on it, a couple of nice stand up blinds, uh, and I'm proud of them. But, um, what I found, one of the best ways for me to keep deer on my land was not necessarily the feeders in the beginning was it was the, um, um, PVC pop that I, I, I attached to the trees and just did a 45 on the bottom of it where those deer could put their noses in there and, and eat, but the hogs couldn't get to it. I just had to put it up high enough and that worked really well, but man, within a few days the, the corn was gone so i had to adjust to that but over a period of time i i think parker i don't remember who it was on your podcast if it was warren womack or bobby uh it was one of those two old school guys one of those two guys talked about Hunting on small pieces of property, and he said everything that I just said about how to do the big piece of property. You just throw everything that I just said out out the window, and I'm like, "Oh man!" He said, "If you've got your own little small piece of property, you can only go out there every once in a while because you're going to run everything off." That resonated with me. I learned a lot when that was when when one of those two guys spoke it, and so this year I decided. I've got a few pieces of public land around me. So if I want to really go out and hunt, I'll just go to the public land and hunt. I've left my property alone. I've let it sit. I went out, put corn on it. I bow hunted one day. And, uh, and
1: then I waited for opening day of rifle season. And it worked. <laughs> which is, which opening day in Texas is like peak rut. Usually it's November, of of it. November fifth, yeah. yeah. somewhere around there. So you hung yeah. your, you hung your, uh, or you put corn out. Made sure you had the corn in there. Uh, you hung a trail camera, and that trail camera has just recently told you a whole lot about how your lack of going in there really, really helped hey guys as most of you know censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control so we've partnered with the social media platform go wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship go wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you go wild is a free social community not only are your photos not censored they're actually encouraged on go wild they give you points for things like sharing your trophies gear reviews and inviting other friends as you earn points you unlock awesome rewards too Like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you. The ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's the 3am wake up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your work day. A good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out 6 com today. That's the word 6 followed by daygrindcoffeeco.com.
2: You know, I didn't think deer were coming into that spot hardly at all. I really didn't. Over the years, I didn't think they were coming in. But my problem is they patterned me so good that they knew exactly when I would leave the woods and uh, and when I was coming back. And so uh, they, they, they pretty much came to life midday. <laughs> and so uh, I didn't hardly uh. ever hunt midday. And so they, the other day when I went out, I saw all of these bucks. I saw one buck first thing in the morning we can get to that in a minute but uh and then starting at at uh, i believe it was 11 o'clock deer were ever, i kept texting parker and saying there's a deer there's another one there's a buck i got another buck uh it was just consistent for about an hour and a half and uh and and parker was frustrated because <laughs> he couldn't he, he wanted to be there but He, uh, the kidney stones was definitely keeping him down. So it was pretty cool watching deer movement, do it. And Parker, I think you even texted me and said, isn't it neat to watch deer, what deer are supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Because usually they don't do what they're supposed to do on my land. Mm -hmm. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was, I learned a lot watching deer do what, what their travel patterns, which way they were going, which way they were coming from. I had a good wind that day uh, on
1: on November the fifth. I
2: had a real good wind for my property, and uh, man, it 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 paid off. It really did.
1: Yeah. So we'll talk about that payoff. Uh, it's been your. How old are you? Fifty eight. Fifty seven. <laughs> I'm fifty eight years old, but I feel sixty five. Fifty eight, going on sixty five. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it's it's been a long time coming for you. Is kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, Uh, has it? it, Yeah, I remember times where you say, "I'm just not gonna get. I'm not gonna get one of those big ones. I might kill another decent buck one day, but I just ain't ever gonna kill one of those big ones." I mean, yeah, I can think of a lot of times you saying that.
3: Yeah,
2: I can
1: too. It's
3: tough.
1: I I've watched you guys, and
2: I gotta tell you. The way y'all hunt, it's a young man's, it's a young man's game. It's, it's tough. As you get older, you think your body can do some of this stuff and and it just can't. And, uh, uh, on that meat, the, when the meat eater guys came and hunted and, uh, Mark Kenyon had shot that deer and we were going to go, go, go track that deer at night my body wouldn't let me climb the hill. I, I, I couldn't, I had to go back to uh, the to camp. I couldn't climb the hill. My body said, there's no way you can keep up. And there was guys out there with, with, with the cameras and logging up, <laughs> you know, 30 and 40 pounds of equipment. And I'm like,
3: go on, go on.
2: <laughs> Continue <It's>, without me. <laughs> I told him, I said, I can't, I can't do it, but it, it's, it's a young man's game. So, so that's why I feel like, that's why I say, i just felt like it had passed me by i i i I was always just going to be getting 110 inch deer Uh, 100 110 i was just going to have to be happy with it till this year and and uh i'm not going to say i haven't had a good deer out there i killed a good 10 point what was that about uh five four or five years ago probably four or five years ago i killed a, a a decent 10 point but Herein lies the problem of hunting in Texas, and that is, I've got to be able to tell a thirteen-inch wide rack at at a uh, hundred yards, and that's that's just hard to do. You just you just yeah. people just don't realize how hard it is to see a a. a so the difference between a, a twelve point and three quarter inch, a twelve and three quarter inch rack. And a 13 and one quarter inch rack is, it, it, it's, it's a half an inch, but to see that at a hundred yards and you got to make that judgment in a split second, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Parker, you, you've you hunted it. You know how hard, how hard yeah. it is. It's real hard.
3: Now, is there, is there a fine if you kill one under the 13 inches?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty stout on it it just depends on which game warden you, if you, if you shoot one and he doesn't just depends on that game warden as to what, but pretty much they're going to take your deer. And, uh, if it's, if it's egregious, then they, they have many abilities to do. I mean, I, I know guys, you know, they'll take guns considering some of it may be they consider it poaching or because they still consider it their deer the state's Mm -hmm. deer. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna mess up with Mr. Green Jeans there. He's no. uh, he, he gonna he's gonna get you. So so you you better know what you're doing. If there's a question, then don't shoot. You just don't shoot.
1: Yeah. Um
2: your, one of your guests, Michael Perry, um, when he shot that that state record buck, that deer was barely legal in Texas
1: yeah that deer could have been 100, 100 100 it was 196 i think or something like that if it would have been 190 mm. if it had been 194, 194 it was with a, illegal with less of a inside spread it's not a, it's not a legal deer
2: and we've got lots of them that are growing really tall they're getting these huge tall racks they're not 13 inches and that's what that's what the genetics is doing that's that's just genetics. You let, you let those tall deer keep breeding and you're going to keep getting that genetic passed down from deer to deer to deer.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: know there's guys that are probably disagree with me on that, but it only makes sense. Yeah. You probably didn't want to go into all of that. No, I, no, that, that's fine.
3: And be good conversation.
2: That's an important conversation. There's some people in Texas that need to recognize the value of that conversation.
1: Well, the fact yeah. is, is I've reached out to Texas Parks and Wildlife to try to get somebody, a representative, to speak on it, on why this is, why they keep this rule as dumb as it is, while also you can still kill a spike out there. It just doesn't make any sense. That you it can, don't make no sense. You can kill a spike, but you can't kill something that's under 13 inches. It's just it's I, dumb. I, yeah, What? what...
3: What kind of spread does a spike have?
1: You know. Infinity.
3: I guess none. Yeah, infinity
1: (laughs) spread. So, it's just, the whole thing is kind of, I mean, and sure, every once in a while, like, when you hadn't seen a buck or you hadn't killed a buck, shooting a spike out there is what you just kind of be okay with. You know, shoot your spike and move on, but...
2: And I've done that, haven't I? I uh-huh. mean, I have done that a number of years because I couldn't shoot a, I couldn't find a thirteen-inch rack, so I just had to shoot my spike so I could get food in the freezer. Yeah, I mean, that was it. Um, I personally didn't want the does off of my land. I want does on my land. Uh, so
3: I was, start- I was about to ask you about that uh, if you were doing any doe management on this property, and 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 how many does you know. On your corn feeders, like how often did does come there versus bucks and stuff like that? And that's that. an
2: awesome question, especially considering when I saw that whole day that I sit there on that on that stand, corn on the ground. I saw one doe, one spike, and seven bucks.
3: Goodness, you think that you think the does are too scared to, to come get corn because they were getting chased <laughs> everywhere?
2: Well, they hadn't really started chasing. It, it was they were scent checking the bugs were basically okay. scent they, I mean, I, I had you. that doe came out, uh, uh, and probably I saw that doe and then I saw a nice buck within two minutes mm-hmm. and that buck never went after that doe. He was going the opposite direction. and um, all he was doing was scent checking that, that, that feeder. That's, that's all he did. Now I had went back and, and looked at my pictures And and yeah, I've got a I got I've got a number of does that have come in and and so you you I think you got part of that right, Matt, because I did have one particular picture that a doe was standing there and in the very next frame I had a big old buck look I mean just staring her down that had come in and you could see the dirt that had flown up as she went out and so there was some chasing. There was okay. some chasing, but, uh, anyway, it, it, I, I like for does to be on my land. I really want those does there. And so I don't shoot a ton of does, but I'll shoot one, you know, every other year.
1: Yeah.
2: There's, there's a lot of hunters around there too. So,
1: yeah, a lot of hunters. I mean, the buck that you shot had a arrow wound running had across a, Yeah, chest. had a, had a
2: a recent one. So yeah. So uh anyway, so it was uh so so that thirteen inch that thirteen inch rule the buck that I shot I couldn't get excited about because I didn't know if he was fully thirteen inches or not. Mm-hmm. I felt like
3: he was. God. I but, but I, I didn't see know. that's just te- that's terrible for a hunter to to question that much. I mean you know, there's people out there that are doing it for the wrong just to shoot something, but then there's honest men like you, they're like, Man, I I'm really trying to do this right. But then you shoot one and you question everything. You do. You because you don't want them coming for you.
2: Years mm-hmm. and years and years ago, I knew of a, a guy who, who shot a buck and there was a regulation at that time. And 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 it, it was it was his first buck to ever shoot first deer and um um, he shot this buck it was an eight point um would have been a great deer to shoot in alabama y'all would have celebrated it it would have been you know in alabama that they'd have put it in their truck and everybody would have honked and and enjoyed it but this deer didn't meet the qualifications and i'm sitting here going oh what are we going to do with this what are we going to do and i was getting all worried and all, and i thought man the game warden is going to get us and and i'm and then all of a sudden i just stopped and i don't know if this you cut it out whatever you want to do i don't it, but i remember i remember thinking you know what i'm i'm going to make if i say what i'm thinking i'm going to make this guy who just shot his first buck ever his first deer ever he's 33 years old he he shot a deer and now he's gonna be scared to death that the game warden's coming. So I just stopped mm-hmm. in the mid and I started celebrating. I said, we're gonna celebrate this deer. It's your first one. You're gonna you're gonna celebrate. It. It, it 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 didn't meet the qualifications, but we're gonna celebrate this deer because we have dominion over those deer. Yeah. You might want to cut some of that out. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Eh, I tell you, I, you know, Texas is a conservative state, but there's certain departments in the state that are not, and this is one. Yeah. It's not.
1: Yeah, it definitely makes it, it, make, it makes it less fun. I've hunted it a lot of years and it, it makes you question everything. Um, it's a good thing for maturity, you know, for getting bucks to maturity but i mean is the trade-off worth it And it's probably really not when you could do certain things like four on one side or something like that you know there's other things that you can do that'll work a little bit better because every redneck i know can count to four well yeah
2: well three three out of four rednecks can count (laughs) to four at least that's (laughs)
1: that's
2: about 50 percent right three out of four
1: yeah three out of four is close to 50 um,
2: we can count for. I love Alabama's raw, r- rule on that because I think it's right.
1: Yeah. So, and that's not now, even state law. Um, right out here, it's usually right. just different WMAs might have that antler mm-hmm. point restriction.
3: Now I know we we didn't dive too much into how you determined when you were going to go in. I know you said previously in years past you felt like the deer were watching you come in yep so you kind of figured out figured out where they were how did you go about picking your stand to say hey this is where i'm going to hunt on the on the gun opener without being on the property and really knowing where these deer were well
2: i i a lot of it had to do with where the slews were at okay um the creeks and and i have a slough that runs down the whole what would you call that side probably the northern side it's of the, the north side the yeah
1: okay. so
2: that slough in and when it rains you, you better have on your your uh, waders because it's going to get deep but it but what happens is that slough drains off in some other creeks and it just floods my land so what i had to do in one case is try to find a place where i could put my stand that i could i could always have it dry Mm -hmm. that was one way that i choose that chose that location and it was a little bit more open because of when it flooded it would you know it would knock everything out and so um that's the place where where i've killed some some good some decent deer uh uh not i mean not 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 like the one that I shot this year, but decent deer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just trying to find high spots where I could put, put something. What's interesting, and I, What your your question is really interesting because I put this deer stand at this particular spot. I try not to open my back window because I don't want my scent going out the back. I want to control that scent. And so I don't really hunt out the back a whole lot. So one time Parker was there on the property with me and I don't know if Parker remembers this, but we go out and we try to find some buck beds. Guess where there was a buck bed? Right behind your stand. Not 30 yards behind my stand. There is a, there is, Parker went up and he said, dad, look, here's the hair. (laughs) So last year I was out there and I was, uh, I was walking to another stand and I walked I took a different route into my property that particular time. And uh, I didn't take my normal route. And when I came around and walked past that place where that buck bed was, at, <coughs> he was there
3: that really? buck
2: at bed. I was at 20 yards. And by the time I saw him, I got my, I was, it was bow season. I got my bow up and that deer took off and he was a good deer. He was a very good deer. <laughs> wow! So, you know, they pattern you they they're so smart, I know people say they're not smart
3: they are so they are. so you would say access is everything on on your property with it being a, a small
2: it is everything okay. it is ev- wind direction oh wind direction if I have a north wind, my property is really hard to hunt
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: If I have a south wind i can I can hunt it. But, now you uh, you
1: you had a north wind uh, the day you killed your buck right or forecasted north but it ended up being a little bit different. It was a it was, it was cooler but what was amazing about
2: my property in, in East Texas that particular day was was it was cool. It was chilly, but it was coming up out of the south. We'd had the tornadoes the night before and and flooding and tornadoes and so it pushed that on out that that hot air pushed that cold air on out so but we're still getting effects of the cold air it was kind of a unique day because yeah. we had tornadoes we had so many tornadoes in east texas on november 4th
1: do you want to know more about saddle hunting well you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and the redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment. where Everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today that's tetherednation.com check them out well there was a tornado
2: that was spotted two miles east of my land mm. so so yeah that it it was a bad night it was crazy but i think it got those deer moving the next day i mean that that's you, what i that's I, what I was
1: curious if they were on your cameras if they were moving during the tornado
2: I haven't looked at that particular at that particular uh card yet so I got to get out there and get it. I'm again. I'm trying to let the land rest, and I'm going to let a a friend of mine go out and and hunt. So we're going to hit the end of the rut and see if he can uh, get. Well, when we went turkey hunting, the guy that uh, Jeff Noble that let us uh, Mm -hmm. do some turkey hunting, um, he's going to come out and hunt my land. So I
1: think so. Can I get into the Can I get into the story about the buck? Yeah, yeah, we can get into
2: it. Yeah. Oh man, that was so fun. It was crazy. I, I, I had seen a, a decent buck first light in the morning. Uh, and uh, I was trying to make up my mind whether I was going to shoot that, that it, it was a good buck. And uh, I just felt like that he was, he was like 12 and a half inches. I just didn't feel like I could shoot him and he stayed there 20 minutes and he kept tempting me. I mean, he, it was almost like he was sticking his tongue out at me and I, uh, <laughs> and he uh he after about 20 minutes he turned and he walked away and i saw it from the back and i'm like that thing was every bit it had to have been 13 inches so i really kind of regretted it and i texted parker and i said man i think i think i just made a mistake i think i think that was a a 13 inch buck it was a good thick buck it was a very very decent buck uh so so my plan was to get out of the stand at 130 I was going to go ahead and, and, and leave at one thirty. I didn't think anything else would move. And, uh, Parker texted me and uh, he said, dad, I don't think you really need to get out of the stand yet. Cause I was, I was seeing deer and I said, yeah, I, I kind of think you're right. I think I'm going to stick it out at about, um, um, four I had a, a a very, a really good buck come in. He skirted right to the right of my stand and he was about 20 yards and I had my binoculars up and, and I thought, all right, this, the buck had uh, at least 10 inch G2s, at least 10 inch G2s. And, and that's really good for out there. I mean, that's, I wasn't even going to I was going to shoot that buck if it gave me a chance. Well, by the time I got my rifle up, I missed. I missed the opportunity by about two seconds to take that buck, um, and so and so that was at four thirty. Didn't see anything else, and I thought, man, I'm. My brother had tried to call me, and I thought I'm going to go to the truck. I don't have much cell or much battery in my phone. I'm going to go to my truck, and I waited just a second longer. And right at, I believe it was six thirty. It was right. I had about twenty minutes of shooting light left, and and this big old buck came and and uh, the minute I the minute I saw him, I thought I'm shooting this deer. I am shooting this deer, and I looked at him. And I thought, well, is he thirteen inches? I'm going to shoot this deer. I'm it's, this deer is going. He was thick. He was good. He he was facing away from me. He bent his head down, and when he did. I saw him in relationship to the ears. The way you can tell a thirteen-inch deer is by the width of their ears in East Texas, and this was outside his ears, and and that's what made me decide I'm I'm going to take this shot. And he was he wasn't scent checking. He came down to feed, and he was he was eating on some corn, and uh, uh, he eventually turned to the right. I saw that everything looked good and he was quartered away from me just a little bit. So I put the bullet right up the rib cage, uh, into the opposite, uh, shoulder. I hit him. I could tell I hit him. He spun around. And when he picked up that opposite shoulders, leg, it was now facing me. I could tell that it was crippled and, uh, but it's real thick on the, on that side of my, my feeder. And I thought he ran off, and so I I was like, man, I had a slough between me and my feeder. I like, am I going? Am I about to have to go get wet? Well, I went and called a buddy of mine and his brother, and and asked them if they'd come help me track the deer. And they said they would. And I, they they got wet with me. We crossed three sloughs to get over to the feeder. I mean, right. we got soaked. We got soaked. Uh, we got over to the feeder. And, and we didn't see the deer immediately. And, and, and so we were like, well, we got, and I turned around and that deer was an optical illusion and his horns were facing me and he was about three feet from where I shot him. And so, uh, and when I saw him, I knew this was a good, this was a good deer. And I thought, you know, I thought he was probably a, you know, 120, 125 inch deer. I still don't know exactly what he is um um i measured him on a very rough scale and i tried to be i tried i tried my best not to give him more inches and so uh i'm i'm gonna guesstimate the deer and some people have looked at the pictures and some think more some think less but i'm gonna guesstimate the deer uh probably between 135 and 140 somewhere in that neighborhood it's a nice year I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be conservative on it because there were some things that 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 I didn't know how to score, and so um, um, I didn't know that you can score that last circumference, uh, that last horn, even even if there isn't another point. But you do get to count uh, get to count that last circumference. I didn't add that in my score, so so I feel sure he's he's somewhere in that neighborhood.
3: Yeah, I'd I'd like to see that deer in person. Parker Parker showed me. He sent me that first picture, and then he sent me some pictures later, and it was like, yeah, the first picture, those like those are two different deer, you know? yeah I know? It, it,
2: I had that deer he, he, about 2020.
3: He, he's <laughs> he's a dandy, but but I took
2: him and the uh a guy that is doing the meat. He he said, man, that's that's a really thick deer for east texas that that's got some some mass to it Mm -hmm. and and he said man you got to get this uh shoulder mount so that's what i'm gonna try to do i'm gonna try to get a a shoulder mount on him
3: that's awesome now was he a dark dark horn kind of deer from what i saw
2: chocolate i love that it looked awesome (laughs) i that deer the first thing in the morning it was a chocolate horn and i that's why i was really wanting that 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 smaller deer because i love that I can't lay off the chocolate, you know.
3: Yeah,
2: hey, I just can't lay he, off. The he
3: chocolate.
2: gets him. There's a title for your for this one. You can't lay off the chocolate. <laughs> can't lay, off, can't the lay
3: chocolate. off the chocolate.
1: Oh man, chocolate and mass. <laughs> oh, I think man. it's I think it's wild hearing those stories. It's it's those uh never thought they would happen bucks, you know. And most people when they shoot a big buck, they say the same thing. I never thought it happened. Never, I mean, and, and you go through, you go through really dry spells. You miss a lot of deer or don't get to take advantage of every opportunity that you get. And you just feel like you're just the world's worst deer hunter. And then you have these type of, uh, experiences that that kind of change it. Yeah. You know, Parker's
2: got, you've got a, a deer on your wall. It's a huge seven point. That we sh- that that you shot in um, in uh, West Texas, That's and hilarious. it's huge. Uh, a really good trophy seven, and I had seen that deer at my stand one time. He was standing on the edge uh, where I hunted at, and uh, I didn't shoot him, and I don't know why I didn't shoot him, but I didn't shoot him, and uh, and I remembered that deer, and then when Parker shot it. I guess I didn't even know what I was looking at in those days. You know, you mm-hmm. learn a lot as you go, but, uh, that became, uh, to me, that's one of Parker's nicest deer is that seven point. It's just, it's just a beaut, man. It's great. Yeah. He's a nice one. But it's how good. many deer have I let walk? One deer was a trophy deer and I didn't have my kids with me. Parker and Morgan, my daughter, they weren't with me. I was just out there by myself, and I let him walk because my kids weren't with me. I mean, I I think deer hunting is so much better when you get to share it with somebody. Yeah, I, I don't know, uh, Matt. Do you do you kind of? Yeah, I mean, you hunt yeah, a lot, like so
3: deer. I I do. But when I, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. Um, what me and Parker do is. As far as the public grind, it, it's hard, you know, to to do it. And my dad comes, you know, when, when I have rut, rut hunts and he likes to go with me. And it's it I was able to kill a deer with him last year. Uh, we were in the same 100-yard vicinity. And, it, and it's so much better to be able to be with him or like us when we were at Kentucky doing camp together and to come back and kind of, you know, kind of bump ideas. Well, if I didn't see a deer, hopefully somebody else saw a deer. Right. Um, and I, it's just – and now I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm wanting to take some other people hunting that probably don't get to go as much as me, you know, and kind of step back and kind of watch others a little bit as well.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd like to add this. When you say that, I was sitting here thinking one of the guys that helped me pull out my, my deer, uh, uh, his name's Stephen Helms, and his wife passed away last year from cancer. And um, he's, he's alone now. I don't mean to bring a downer to the, to the podcast, but what I've decided I wanted to do this year is keep in contact with him. His land isn't very far from my land. And so we, we texted back, back and forth all that day because, because I can imagine how difficult it would be to have to do everything alone. And uh, my heart goes out to him, but he's an avid deer hunter shot a drop time deer last year. Nice drop. Uh, uh, he's killed some, some really nice deer, but, but you know, he's over there hunting by himself. And I, so, uh, I just kind of, I thought, you know what, I'm going to share my hunt with him and him share his hunt with me just so we can be together. You know, that's the camaraderie of deer
1: hunters. So. There's a lot of things about the sport that are, uh, hard to explain, to somebody who doesn't do it, uh, and that's yeah. one of them.
2: That is, that's because
1: right. it it is it's a very selfish sport. But there are things about it that are not very much not selfish at all. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, I think that's kind of where where I've found myself at right now. I've really have been doing a lot of hunting by myself, and it just doesn't have the same feeling to it. Um, it's hard to get excited about going on a hunt when you know you're not going to see anybody for several days. You know, yeah. like it's just
3: yeah the commute, the communication in face, you know, people communication is pretty important. It yeah. is,
2: it is. It We're... sure makes it just a better a better day.
3: Yeah, it, it makes for well, a, and a better also time. when you have success, it's cool to see people get excited for you. Yeah um you know i i know when yeah. when parker told me you killed a deer i i was so excited that you know that you killed a deer because you know from from what little time we spent together i know how much that meant how to you and you know as as other hunters you 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 know when somebody's worked hard and finally accomplished something and you can appreciate it and everybody knows what went into killing that yeah. deer Deer hunting is not easy. It's
2: it's tough. It's it's a battle. But uh, you're right. It's um it's so worth it when it all comes together and you get to share it with people and they get excited with you. And and Parker even made a, a comment to me yesterday or today that he noticed that some of the things that I said on the Facebook responses that it kind of brought me out of a shell because I don't say anything on Facebook, social media, I'm a pastor and everything that I say, if I say anything, it can get misconstrued. So Mm -hmm. I just stay, I stay away from saying a whole lot of stuff, but I did, people were saying things about it and I would respond. And, and uh, he said, it it did, it, it kind of brought me out of a little bit of a hunting shell Mm -hmm. because I've missed so many deer. I have, when we were in Kentucky, I had a great shot at a, at a, uh, a doe, I guess I, I, I should have hit it. And I don't, I, I don't know how that arrow missed that deer. And, uh, but that's the story of my life. I've got so many of those stories of just really close misses. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm gonna stop right there because I'll be telling on myself. Some of those <laughs> I got
3: a lot, the, man.
2: I got so many.
3: That's the only one we know of. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: some buddies of mine in in
2: the Panhandle of Texas. I had the dream hunt of a lifetime, and I guess I had had bumped my my uh, scope with my gun. I missed six shots. That scope, I, I, I just bumped it, and I couldn't, I just couldn't get it. And then uh, I borrowed another guy's gun, and I missed three more. So mm-hmm. it was <laughs> sound like it you was...
1: sound like you got a case of the yips. <laughs> yeah,
2: put the put the change in the other pocket, Romy. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. Well, that is a that is a fun story. That's that's why we do it. I, I know in the moment that even when you called me, I was, man, I was so excited. Uh, I, I yes, would, you are. I would have done anything to be able to be there. I was, I'm still dealing with this, man. I'm still dealing with these kidney stones, and I can't, I can't find a lot of joy in going hunting myself. Like, went to Tennessee, came back, if I couldn't do it, got to feeling better, Went back to Tennessee, came back the next or so that same day because I just couldn't do it. And so, uh, and then the next day is when you shot that buck. And so it was uh, definitely a definitely a a good day for me, you know, to to not be in the woods and just be able to kind of just enjoy it with you. That was that well, was a whole lot of fun. I've been waiting for that for a let, long time.
2: Let me let me. I've had five bouts with kidney stones. I've had five kidney stones in my life and, and God has healed me. And I, 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 give him the praise for it. Cause he absolutely did. But for you to be able to go out and deer hunt and the last two times, I think you sat in your saddle. Yeah. I don't know how you did it. I, you talk about that's a grind and anybody that has ever had kidney stones. I know that people are listening to this right now. If they've had kidney stones, man, they, they know, they know. You put any pressure on that on that on that backside and it, it just kills you. So my hat's off to you because I don't know if I could have grind grind that hard. That that's impressive that you're able to do that. That you did it, even though that you felt like you failed and you came home. But you've been out a couple of times since
1: and and you you sat there the whole time. So
2: kudos to you.
1: Yeah, and it'll get better. It's just gonna go up from here. Hopefully, I mean it can't it really can't can't go down uh matt have you ever had kidney stones i never have
2: i've been
3: very fortunate not to have them
2: do not ever go to midland texas and drink the
3: water that's all
2: i can tell you yeah
3: i I asked parker i said what you know i don't know too much about kidney stones i was like what caused these kidney stones what do you think caused your kidney stones and he rattled a couple things off and i said okay i'm good i i don't do any of that I i don't drink any of that so i'm good man i'm still drinking a lot of milk
2: it's tough they're 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 the most demonic things i've ever had have had happen in my life
1: yeah (laughs) i can deal with never getting another one now i've been talking (laughs) i can deal with never getting another one ever again yes that's uh it's pretty terrible but well cool we'll wrap this thing up i just wanted to talk about this story and uh man hopefully it gets hopefully it gets even better from here on out we're uh kind of in the the mid mid phase of the deer season especially for the southern region. It really hadn't started getting good yet, so hopefully that'll happen here pretty quick and we'll get some bucks on the ground and uh, put all of this terrible last two weeks for me behind me. Yes. Uh, get it. Yeah, I need, I need to get that behind me, but um dad i appreciate you coming on and telling your story my
2: honor my honor thank you for having me on i enjoyed talking to you guys i listen to y'all's every podcast i've learned so much and i'm gonna keep listening and i really want some of that that six day grind coffee oh yeah man that's that last episode sounded so good so i want some so i don't know how to order it but i want some
1: <laughs> we'll get it for you for christmas there you go that i'll take it <laughs> all right fellas i appreciate it all right. Thank y'all. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern ground hunting podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's go wild tethered Spartan forge and six day grind coffee company. You can keep up with Southern ground hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.